Welcome to Quick Hits, the only podcast that gets you smartenized. Today's episode, a going out of business sale. A while ago, discussing politics, someone asked me, what would it take to get you to vote for thus and such a candidate? And the first thing that came to my mind was, it's really pretty simple. All I need is a candidate who has a long list of federal agencies that they would shut down. And of course, it would have to be a credible list from a credible candidate. We've got so many federal agencies out there that not only don't accomplish anything worthwhile, but are actually detrimental to, well, in a lot of cases, detrimental to the very causes that they're supposed to be helping, but in nearly every case, detrimental to just basic freedoms and civil rights that we have lost because of these agencies. So I have here a short list. This is supposed to be a short podcast, so I can't give you a complete list of agencies we should shut down. But let's start with the first one, the very easiest one, the one I'm sure that's come to your mind. Let's all say it together. The The Department Department of of Education. Education. Yeah, this is a $70 billion agency started by the wonderful Jimmy Carter. And in all of the years that it has been in operation, the quality of public education has not gone up at all. Not at all. Let's take a look at a couple of their crowning achievements. There's the wonderful Title IX. Title IX applies to any university that gets any federal funding, and that applies to any school where students have guaranteed student loans. So it's it's virtually every school that's out there. And it says that there has to be parity between male and female athletics programs. This results in schools desperately trying to get women to sign up for various things, just anything, anything athletic, so that they can keep the men's athletic programs going. And in many cases, a lot of men's athletics programs have been shut down because they couldn't find enough women who are interested in participating in similar or even entirely different athletics. They couldn't get the numbers. Only the government could come up with something this perverse. If the women don't want it, the men who want it can't have it because that's fair. Of course, that's not their primary crowning achievement. Their biggest crowning achievement is the No Child Left Behind Act. They actually have a spot on their website That's a report section that says, Building on the success of the No Child Left Behind Act. Oh, it's so successful. And I have recommended this before. I'm not going to tell you anything about it. All I'm going to say is find any public school teacher anywhere in this country and ask them what they think of the No Child Left Behind Act and what it's done to the quality of education in this country. And just make sure you've got enough time because you're going to get an earful. So we closed down the Department of Education. And when I say shut them down, I mean shut them down entirely. You've got to cut them right down, get rid of them completely. None of this cutting them in half. None of this reducing the increase of their budget and calling it a savings. 
Well, we usually give them a $5 billion increase every year, but this year we only gave them $2.5 billion, and so that is, of course, a 50% savings. Economics that you can only find in the halls of Congress. No, no, we're going to shut them down. First, we lay off all the employees. Then we sell all their assets, all their computers, their desk chairs, their cubicle walls, their servers, their switches, their fax machines, everything. Sell it down to the walls and then sell the walls. Sell the buildings they occupy. I mean, really just get rid of it. And I'm guessing, and this is a wild guess, but I'm guessing that we can probably make anywhere from 5 to 20% of whatever their annual budget is uh, simply by shutting them down in a one-shot deal as we sell off their assets. So we can probably get, you know, we got $70 billion for the Department of Education. So, you know, we can get 3 or $4 billion, maybe up to $20 billion for their assets. I don't know. That's just kind of a one-shot bonus that we get. But now, every single year, we save $70 billion. In fact, we save more than that because their budget increases every year. Next on the list, the Department of Agriculture. At one point, the Department of Agriculture had one employee for every two farms in America. This is really ridiculous. Now, agriculture is a huge part of American productivity and exports, and it's something that we do really, really well. But the Department of Agriculture is completely unnecessary. We really don't need them except for one thing, and we'll get into that in a second. They spend all kinds of money uh, promoting American agricultural products overseas. Well, why shouldn't that be the job of Archer Daniels Midland and the other companies that are going to profit from those promotions? Why should you and I be paying for that? The Department of Agriculture has a budget of $95 billion a year. So we'll save our $95 billion a year. But there is one thing that they do that is pretty important, and they do it pretty well, and that is inspecting meats. The USDA meat inspections. Every meat packing plant has a free, to them, USDA meat inspector there who works there and who checks the meats as they go out and makes sure that tainted stuff doesn't get out to the public. And it doesn't happen very often. They do a pretty good job, got to admit that. And that is an important thing. However, here's how I'd solve that issue. As part of closing down the Department of Agriculture, we'll create another federal agency. Yeah, I know, I hate to do that. But this will be limited by law to a maximum of 30 people. And we'll name it the Department of Checking Out Your Meat. Because why not have a little fun with it? And all they will do is sell and monitor licenses to private companies and private individuals that will be meat inspectors. So now instead of giving free meat inspectors to all the slaughterhouses and places that release meat and chicken and hamburger and everything else, we'll all be required to hire a licensed independent meat inspector. Now we do occasionally get tainted meat that makes it through, but under this system, anyone who allows tainted meat to get through will lose their license for life. And it's a possibility that the company who manages these meat inspectors will also lose their license. So now we have a real incentive. Because when a federal employee screws up, it doesn't affect his job. 
So here you've got a really good financial incentive to keep everything safe. And it's likely that because this is a small organization, probably can get by with 15 people, but we'll, we'll give it a maximum of 30. They can probably support themselves on the licensing fees or at least pay for a substantial portion of their existence based on those fees. Now, here's one that uh, we've talked about a little bit before on this show, the Department of Fish and Wildlife. Now, the Department of Fish and Wildlife, why? They're designed to help the little birdies and the fishies and the little creatures and bring back all of the endangered species. Now, how many endangered species have they brought back legitimately taken off the list? Let's see. Uh, carry the nine. Uh, hang on. I just got to say, uh, there, I got it. Zero. None. All right. So they're useless in that regard. What they seem to be really good at is taking people's property and not actually taking it, but just making it worthless with their rules and with their regulations. We've talked before about the piping plover, a little bird tard who if natural selection should take anything out, it certainly should take out this little idiot bird brain who lays his eggs on an open, lays her eggs on an open beach. Although this bird is so stupid, the, the males probably would lay the eggs too. They lay the eggs on the open beach, and then at the slightest bit of provocation, if they even get the tiniest bit scared, they abandon them. And so people are being told that they can't use their beachfront property. Even if there isn't a plover there, if there ever was one, or if a plover has flown overhead and glanced longingly in the direction of a beach, you find that you can't use your beach house. Oh, but it's only for the months of the summertime. Oh yeah, nice. Communities have been told that they couldn't have fireworks because it might scare the birdies. Now, I was looking for an article and I couldn't find it. I remember reading an article about them making a lumber camp take down a fence that they had put up to keep out the rattlesnakes. They had a problem with rattlesnakes coming into the camp at night and curling up in people's shoes and all that kind of fun stuff that rattlesnakes like to do. And so they put a fence around the logging camp. And the Department of Fish and Wildlife came in and said, oh, you, you can't inconvenience a, a rattlesnake and made him take the fence down. There was a case that can only be explained by pure meanness. They wanted to take away this guy's property. And that's really the only motive that that you can attribute this to they wanted to make this guy's property useless and they claimed that there were links on the property and so they put up some catnip scented pads that the links would rub up against and then they could get the links fur and sure enough two of the pads showed links fur and they took it to the lab and an independent lab and the independent lab checked it and they said yep this looks like links but you know what we also have fur from a lynx in a local zoo, and guess what? It's the same fur. It was a total and complete fraud. And guess what happened? Nothing. Nobody got fired. Nobody lost their jobs over it. Hell, they probably got a promotion when nobody was looking. We do not need the Department of Fish and Wildlife. They don't accomplish anything worthwhile. They do take people's property away from them. And they don't even just take the property. They just simply make it useless, which is even worse because now they've got to pay taxes on property they can't do anything with. $2.2 billion. Let's get rid of them. Goodbye. Now, here's one I really want to see go. And this one is only $322 million a year. This is the EEOC. This is an agency that was formed back in the 60s at the height of the civil rights movement. 
and their job was to make sure employers didn't discriminate based on race. But they, of course, being government, expanded that to the point where you have to be absolutely certain that you have the exact right percentages of women and Hispanics and blind, one-legged, lesbian, wheelchair-bound paper hangers with AIDS in order to avoid the wrath of the EEOC. One of their crowning achievements was going after Hooters for hiring only young girls with large breasts as waitresses. Now, Hooters was able to fight them off. They spent tens of millions of dollars over years and years, but they actually managed to fight them off, and they did it. Their final straw was when Hooters put up these big billboards that showed guys, big, fat, hairy guys, in a bikini delivering wings and pizza, saying, back off, Washington. Nobody wants this. And so they got to pay a fine and to agree to hire more male busboys and cooks and got out of it that way. But lots of other people are not nearly as lucky. I would suggest that you Google EEOC Daniel Lamp to see just one of the many stories of the ridiculous stuff that they do. Organizations have to spend weeks preparing EEOC paperwork to prove that they've advertised in minority magazines for employees, even when they get no response from that. They went after a Korean cleaning agency because he only hired people by word of mouth because that worked for him, saying that was discriminatory. They come into a place and say, not only do you have to pay these fines, but you have to hunt down everybody who you might have hired that you didn't hire and pay them back wages. One of the problems that the EEOC complains about is a huge backlog of cases. Well, let's solve that problem. Let's put them out of business, and then they won't have any cases to worry about at all. The DEA. I was surprised to see this was only $2.3 billion. Now, by the way, I'm getting these numbers from various sources, and I'm probably off by a billion here or a billion there, but hey, pss, what's that in the U.S. budget? $2.3 billion to ruin and destroy lives of people who use intoxicants that are not approved of by the federal government. The government has done a really good job of selling the Kool-Aid to the general public who thinks that eh, war on some drugs is great. The majority still believes that garbage. Well, we can't seem to get rid of it legislatively. Maybe we can get rid of it economically. Just shut them down. $2.3 billion saved and probably millions of lives uh, not ruined because they're not out there. And I haven't actually figured out the numbers on this. I don't have a source for the numbers. But if we were to pardon everybody in prison for a nonviolent drug offense, we would cut our prison population in half. No more prison overcrowding. And the people in jail would be the people who really belong there. Now here's one that kind of hurts a little bit because I like the idea behind it, but I don't like the fact that the government is funding it. I've always loved the performing arts. I've participated in just about any of them except dance. I've done music and stand-up comedy and improv and theater and, you know, I just it's great stuff. And almost all of the charity work that I've done in my life has been for arts organizations. 
in a few cases, helping to save some very old places that were struggling to get by. And I'm actually pretty proud of some of my accomplishments in that direction. But it's not a job for the government. It's very hard to make a living in the arts. And one way to do it is to have a benefactor. But when you have a benefactor, that benefactor gets to call some of the shots, which may corrupt your art. May affect whether you really get to say what you want to say and how you want to say it. And the government is a really bad benefactor. So as a matter of principle, not a matter of money, it's really not a lot of money when you consider the size of the federal budget. But as a matter of principle, we need to say no. Uh-uh. You want to support your art? That's fine. You want to get a benefactor? That's fine. And then you can do whatever you want. Somebody wants to put a crucifix in a jar of urine and say, oh, look, this is my art. Great. Let them do it. But not at the taxpayer's expense, please. Okay, here's one of my favorite whipping boys, the Environmental Protection Agency, the EPA, formed by Richard Nixon back in the early 70s. And when the EPA was formed, we had some real pollution problems in this country. There was a river that caught fire. There were cities where you never saw the sun. And for the first few years of its existence, the EPA actually accomplished something. Got a lot of things cleaned up. Did a pretty good job. But then Carol Browner came on board and Carol Browner said, oh boy, look at this. I've got this whole organization that I can use to beat on big companies. Yes, sir. That'll be great fun. And she did it with tremendous glee and absolutely no science whatsoever. There are something like 5,000 scientists supposedly working for the EPA. I don't think there's any real scientists working for the EPA. They are the epitome of junk science. And I'm not just talking about my favorite example of junk science, the 1993 secondhand smoke study, although that's a pretty good example. Regular listeners know all about James Repace. He was one of the guys there for the EPA. That's the quality of researcher they hire. And now they're just doing crap. They're just trying to justify their existence with ridiculous laws and rules and regulations that you don't have any recourse from. They're also another property-destroying organization. If you have a piece of property and it gets a little marshy, it gets a little muddy, they'll come in and declare it a wetland and suddenly it's of no value whatsoever. These guys need to be stopped. And the best way to stop them is to shut them down. Just fire everybody, sell all their stuff, and shut them down. The TSA. Yeah. This organization seems to exist primarily to give $14 an hour jobs to people who aren't qualified to be greeters at Walmart. They don't provide any security. They simply provide the illusion of security, and they're really not fooling anybody. Let's let the airlines provide their own security. And they can provide it at whatever level they like. And then you can pick what level of security you're happy with. You could have the body cavity airline who search everybody thoroughly. And at the other extreme, you could have the armed airlines, which asks everybody, do you have a gun? And if somebody says no, they give them one. Most airlines will, of course, fall somewhere in the middle of those two extremes. 
And we'll be able to pick what level of security do we need to feel comfortable and to feel safe. And not only would the skies actually be safer, but we would save the $4.8 billion a year that we're currently wasting on the TSA. The Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms, it has been quipped that this would be a good name for a convenience store, not a federal agency. And now they call themselves the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, Firearms, and Explosives, so that would be an even better convenience store. They're redundant. They don't do anything that can't be done by other police forces. It's an additional police force that we don't need. $1.01 billion. Goodbye. The FCC. We're told that the airwaves are a public trust, that the public owns the airwaves. Well, if the public owns the airwaves, then why can't anybody who wants to put up a radio station and do whatever they want with it? We do not need these guys. Now, they only take $331 million, but they stifle creativity. They stifle productivity. We don't need them. We might need a small, again, maybe a 15-person agency that does nothing but resolve frequency disputes. So if you want to set up a radio station, you've got to be careful that you're not walking on somebody else's frequency, and they would resolve that if it came out to be a problem. But for everything else that the FCC does, we don't need them. Let's get rid of them. I could go on probably for another hour with another list. There's a lot of them that I haven't covered. The FDA has probably killed more people than they've actually saved. We need to get rid of them. I'm not sure exactly the mechanism that we would put in its place because we do need something to check on drugs to make sure that they're safe. But for the most part, we don't need these guys. We've got things like there was one fundamentalist guy in the FDA who managed to block the release of the morning after pill, perfectly safe pill, been used for a decade in Europe. And because it was against his religion, he kept it out of the hands of Americans for years. Their regulation and foot dragging means that Pharmaceutical companies have to spend up to a billion dollars to get a product on the market, and it takes them 15 years to do it. So they've only got five years to make a profit on it before they have to come up with the next new wonder drug. I haven't included them in here because I don't know exactly how we'll get rid of them, but we need to. And you could just, I mean, you can go down the list of most federal agencies. We could get rid of them, but with just the ones that I've named here, we saved nearly $200 billion a year, year after year after year. Plus, we've saved billions and billions of dollars that industry has to spend to make these clowns happy. Probably five or six or 20 times more than is actually spent funding them with our tax dollars. So not only do we save $200 billion a year, year after year after year, we also get another good chunk from liquidating their stuff, and we also end up a much freer country. So let's shut down these agencies. Let's have all of them have a going out of business sale, because if we don't do this pretty soon, the United States is going to have to have a going out of business sale, and that's not going to be fun for any of us. 
And that's it for this episode of the Quick Hits Podcast. If you've learned a little something, if you've changed your mind, or even if you can just understand a different point of view without necessarily agreeing with it, congratulations, you've been smartenized. I got a lot of comments on the Insulting Islam podcast. However, this one has gone way too long. And so I think I'm going to wait on those and uh, share them with you for the next show, at the end of the next show, because, you know, trying to keep this to 10 minutes and then five minutes of closing comments. And I'm already way, way, way over on this. So uh, in order to keep things short, I'm not going to, uh, to go on and on about that. I did put a spot on the Quick Hits blog where people could leave comments. So that gives you one more way to contact me and to have a conversation, to continue the conversation on any of these shows. And I'm going to keep doing that. So if you go to DaveHit.com, spelled with two T's, you'll see on the right-hand side a link to the Quick Hits blog. And uh, within a day or so of putting up the podcast, I'll put up an article there, a post, that you can leave comments to. Or you can send me a direct email. That's fine, too. I'd also encourage everybody to go over to the Podcast Peer Awards, check out some of the winning podcasts. And if you're a podcaster, we are now doing the nominations for PPA 5 for the Podcast Peer Awards that will be handed out at DragonCon in September. So if you're a podcaster and you're not involved, doesn't cost you anything, go to podcastpeers.org, sign up, and join it. It's it's a lot of fun. It's There's a lot of funny conversations that go on, and uh, we have a good time over there, so come on in and join it. And never forget, but the Quick Hits Podcast is little more than a journal of one man's opinion and therefore should not be taken too seriously. Seriously.